Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Snowboarding, presented by Mountain Vibes, featuring your hosts, Nate Haust, Emily Sorger, and Jared Shinoda. We've got a special guest for you today. He's one of our very own team riders and was actually one of the first team riders that Mountain Vibes ever had. This guest has a prominent following on multiple social media outlets under the name Board Archive, not to mention an absolutely booming YouTube channel focusing on in-depth and transparent reviews of all types of snowboards and various snow-related products. We're happy to introduce TJ Kern. Welcome to the show. We're stoked to have you here with us today. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate that intro, Nate. That was awesome. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. And I think I can speak for everyone when I say the pleasure is all ours. Oh yeah. Happy to have you join us, TJ. Definitely. I'm glad to be here, guys. So where, where are you guys all located again? I know, Emily, you said you're in Park City and I know Nate's in Tahoe. Where, do you live in Truckee or where in Tahoe are you at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live, uh, I live in Truckee, actually right on Donner Lake. Okay, sick. If you're familiar, so it's, it's, you know, west end of Truckee, but it's a pretty rad spot. I'm like 10 miles from Squaw. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I uh, I hope to get out to, to North Lake at some point, man. We def- it'd be really cool to, to get some laps in with you. Yeah, let's do it. Reach out anytime. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, Jared, where, where are you at? I'm in Fresno, California. Okay. Uh, so smack dab in the center. And I have like a resort, it's a little small resort called China Peak that's like 45 minutes from me. So I ride there locally. And then I would go to Tahoe, Mammoth, and Bear a lot. That's what's up. Yeah, I really want to get back out to Bear. I was there right before the virus shut down last year, but I had an ankle injury. So like oh, I no. was just filming and like my friends and didn't really get to ride. It was, it's kind of like torture. Cause like, yeah, I was like, you're looking at all these features and you're like, damn, <laughs> they're so sick. I've never when, seen anyone uh, like that. Dude. When was that? I think we might've been there around the same time. Dude, it would have been like March 8th to the 13th or something dude, like I, that. Yeah, I think we were, uh, I think we, I think we probably crossed paths. Maybe <laughs> I was, I was down there for like four days, filmed a Sunday in the park and then flew straight to Canada um like as soon as things shut down dude that's exactly what i did too because i was living in whistler at the time where in canada did you go well, i went uh, i went to quebec so i went to the other uh, side uh, doing some street stuff yeah it was like a roam trip and we we had stayed up there you know i think we, we planned to stay up there for a month and like a week and a half into it you know it started to hit the fan yeah the tm was like you guys got to come back and we're just like no we're like we're sticking it out and then I think another week went by and they're just like borders are shutting. You guys got to come back like right now. Dude, it was crazy. I literally packed all my stuff and drove, started driving back to Colorado, like in the same day, like the day that the borders closed, I was like, that's right, crazy. I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. They almost didn't let us in, but it, it played out pretty well. Yeah. Essential travel only super sketch. <laughs> and but, here we are a year, yeah. almost a year later, still in it. Who would have thought? You remember when they said it was going to be two weeks? Oh, man. Yes. Hey, hey at least we're writing, though. That's true. <laughs> Can't complain too much. I but, still complain yeah. here and there a little it's, bit. Uh, <laughs> definitely, yeah, unfortunate for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, very much. Definitely. But, well, I wanted to jump into things right off the bat. Uh, from my understanding, you're currently a Colorado local. Have you lived here your whole life? 
I have not. So uh, I am currently living in Silverthorne, kind of near Keystone. Moved out to Colorado back in 2014, but I actually grew up on the East Coast. I'm originally from North Carolina. So that's uh, where it all started for me. Grew up out there, learned how to snowboard out there. And uh, as soon as I finished school, though, I came straight out to Colorado. There we go. A fellow East Coaster. Yeah. I do love the sound of that. And I've seen that, you know, winter has certainly provided for you over in Colorado so far. You know, it's been uh, an interesting season out here with the La Nina uh, cycle going through, but um, it's been fun, man. You know, the the parks are all open and we've been getting some more snow recently, so I uh, can't complain. You know, Colorado definitely has a lot to offer. It totally does. And I'm glad you've been enjoying it. Do you have any plans to travel outside of Colorado this season? Or are you just going to kind of stay put? So I've got a trip coming up later this week, actually. I'm going to be out in Park City for a few days. I'm just playing that early on in the season with a few close friends of mine. So I'm going to check that out. And I see there's some snow out there, so that should be fun. But uh, going to pretty much stay posted up around Colorado for the most part, I think, this year. Sweet. Well, Colorado is not a bad place to be, and I hope you enjoy your time out here to Park City. We've been getting lots of good snow, and all the parks are fine right now, so I hope you'll enjoy it because this is my home mountain, so I'm excited that you'll be able to check this area out again and all it has to offer. Yeah, thanks. It's been a long time, so stoked to get out there. Yeah, that'll be rad. I'm, I'm hoping to do the same. Just got to make my way out of Tahoe. You know, with that being said, I, I hear that you're quite the global traveler. Where are some places outside the USA you've been recently? Man, I feel like we could do the whole podcast just talking about different places to go snowboarding. And yeah, I definitely have been fortunate in that way. I've been able to travel a good bit over the last uh, couple of years before, uh, you know, everything kind of got a little more restricted. Um, I was actually living up in Whistler uh, for about a season and a half. And then uh, came back to Colorado, uh, March 2020. I don't even know which, which where to call out first. You know, there's so many good places to go. A couple of my favorites are uh, New Zealand for our summer out here. You know, if you can get down to the Southern Hemisphere, uh, New Zealand's incredible. They got like a world-class park down at Cardrona. Super, super fun down there. And uh, Chile has some really cool resorts as well. Definitely a, a really different, unique experience down there. Um, but those are a couple really fun spots to get like full on winter in our summer up here in the States. But probably my favorite place, if I had to pick one, is uh, Japan. I'd like to just get back out there every year if I could. That's so much fun getting to visit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Japan is definitely on my bucket list, along with New Zealand too. So I'm hoping one of these seasons I'll be able to make it out there. Highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, super funny, TJ. One of the first videos that I've seen on your YouTube channel was one of your Japan ones. Killer out there, man. Yeah, dude. They uh, they really, you know, get some of the best snow in the world. And it's uh, it's such a trip going out there. You know, the culture is a huge part of it as well. The food, uh, the terrain is so different. Also, just everything about it. You know, if I can get out there for a couple weeks in January, like late January, early February, I feel like it's the time to hit it. And uh, it's really fun. It's a cool experience. Awesome. Yeah, there's actually a spot at Park City Mountain that me and a few other locals like to call uh, Mini Japau because it's hidden in the trees and the snow is almost always deep and untouched. 
Um, you can only really get there if you know where you're going. So I'll send you the details. So you can check that out too. I'm sure it's nothing like the real thing, but it's as close as I've gotten so far. <laughs> Please do. I would love to know the, the stashes. That sounds great. <laughs> And since you've traveled so much, I'm sure you've created a lot of memorable experiences at all these different places, but is there any one memory that stands out to you? Man, it's so hard to choose one. I think one I would want to highlight just because it was so random um, and I, I feel like it may never happen again. But um, back in 2018, it was one of my first international trips I ever did over in Europe. And um, we started the trip riding Austria and then uh, spent a few days in Switzerland and a few days in France. And I was with some friends who live in England. Awesome trip with some of my best friends. Shout out to all those guys. But um, we were basically driving from a resort in France back to London, where we were going to fly back to uh, North America. And as we were driving, we saw a snowstorm was coming through Paris. So we just decided to stop in Paris, got a hotel, just super spur of the moment. Uh, the snow came and I was actually able to snowboard in front of the Eiffel Tower for uh, oh, that for a is session awesome. there. So that's, uh, that's definitely a big standout memory for me. That's incredible. I was actually just thinking about that the other day. I remember one of the first pictures I ever saw of you snowboarding was actually when you posted a tail block picture in front of the Eiffel Tower. And that I thought that awesome. was so epic. That was insane. Definitely. I, I went out of my way to, to get that photo. It was really flat, you know, it's just like kind of a big garden plaza out there. So I was like, yeah, tail block photo could be cool. It was perfect. I've never seen anything like it. So props that's to a you. once in a lifetime thing right there, you know, in front of the Eiffel Tower. So that's awesome. Well, that's how I feel about it. Too. I appreciate <laughs> it, guys. Yeah, that is a it's definitely a dream come true. You know, a few years ago, you started Board Archive. Um, how'd you come up with this idea? And Will you elaborate on exactly what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, I've been snowboarding since I was like 10 years old. I just, it's probably one of the only consistent things I've had throughout most of my life. And um, I've had a big interest in uh, like e-commerce and online business as well. And I kind of saw a gap in the market. You know, there was a few guys out there that were doing reviews. There was one other group of people that were doing video reviews. And, um, you know, I was using that to help me buy snowboards. And I just felt like it could be done a little bit better or a little bit differently. So I thought I'd try my hand at it. And, you know, my whole direction with it is to just do objective, detailed on snow snowboard reviews. So, you know, there's a lot of written reviews out there. There's a lot of bigger brands that kind of do, I guess, like more, more kind of just basic reviews where they kind of go over the marketing material you get from brands. And for me, I thought actually being able to see the boards on snow was really helpful. And that's what I wanted when I was looking at choosing a board and no one's really doing that. So I decided to uh, give it a go and that's how board archive all started. Dude, that's rad. Yeah, I, I uh, used to always watch snowboard reviews growing up. And, you know, I definitely do think it's the best way to figure out which board would be the best fit. And so this is primarily through your YouTube platform, correct? Correct. Yeah. All the comprehensive reviews are on YouTube, you know, where I kind of break down the tech, uh, go through my opinion on the board as well, and kind of like 
you know, what rider the board might be for, who it's not for. Um, I try to focus mainly on what the board is good at. You know, there's so many different types of boards out there. I feel like it, it can get redundant if you're like reviewing a powder board and you're like, well, this board's not that great in the park, you know? Um, so I just kind of try to focus on what the boards are good at and, uh, yeah, all that's on YouTube. And, you know, my main thing is making sure that I can actually demonstrate the board on snow, ideally in the conditions, you know, that the, the board is meant to be ridden in. That's great. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, step away from that fact, but I, I know that, you know, I've got a bunch of friends who have always been interested in building out a YouTube channel. Do you have any recommendations on kind of how to navigate growth on YouTube or rather, you know, what works, what doesn't considering that you have such a mass following? I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So going into year five on YouTube here for me, definitely have learned a lot over the years and there's, there's so many different ways to go about it. And, you know, even through my experience, um, you know, the idea originally was just to do the video board reviews, but then you figure out, you know, certain things just do better on the platform than others, you know, and uh, the board reviews, although, you know, I feel like people do seek that out. Um, it's a little more limiting. So I have kind of ventured into other types of content like more vlog style content or, you know, just more informational, like general informational type videos, but it really depends on what your goal is with it. You know, I think at the end of the day, you're providing some type of value to the viewer, whether that's entertainment or information or something else. So just really trying to identify, you know, what you want to provide uh, to the audience that you're trying to build and uh, stay focused on that. And, um, you know, I'm sure uh, through that process, you'll find other things that uh, the audience might like and you can, you know, maybe you'll enjoy that as well and you can gravitate towards that. For me, it's been kind of the more techie information on snowboards and showcasing, you know, different resorts in my travels or like if there's a kind of unique conditions or something, I try to make a video about that as well. But it's a really wide spectrum. So uh, it just depends on what you want to do. Totally. Yeah. I think that's some really solid information, you know, and I, and I think it's pretty fair to say that you've written a ridiculous amount of snowboards. Um, what, type, what type of numbers are we talking here? Uh, I think we're somewhere between 150 and 200 at this point. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. But yeah. It's, it's a good bit. You know, I've tried to be diverse with the brands, you know, um, obviously a lot of the the more major brands, I try to cover as many boards as possible, and um, it can be easier to get your hands on those types of boards. But also smaller brands, you know, there's a few niche brands out there that are doing some really cool things. So, yeah, uh, it's just there's a never-ending supply of boards, and they change every year. There's new boards coming out; they're getting tweaked. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Totally. Yeah, I bet you could. Uh... You could set up a snowboard with your eyes shut nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So do you, do you have a favorite board or company that you back? I wouldn't say I could pick one board. Um, and, you know, I do buy like a personal board for myself, you know, when I'm not doing reviews every season. And that's just kind of based on 
my personal goals for progression. So the last few seasons I've been riding battalion snowboards and uh, I reviewed a bunch of their boards as well. Big shout out to those guys. Uh, They kind of have a unique thing going on with their line of boards. All their boards are full positive camber and they have this uh, 3D technology called a uh, triple base technology. Um, we're basically on the nose and tail, uh, the side base, like the sides of the board are lifted up like the base and the edge. I'm kind of like a spooned out nose and tail. Um, but I think that combo of the camber and the three BT is, is really fun. It's like catch free and buttery, but you still get that powerful camber feel. Uh, so I really enjoy that. And, uh, the reason I've been riding those the last couple of seasons is, uh, for jumps. I really just want to focus on jump progression. So that's been fun. That's awesome. What's the, uh, what's the benefit of that, that sidewall cut? Did you say it was three BT? Yeah. Three BT. So, um, I have got a bunch of their boards on the channel. If, uh, you guys want to check it out, anyone who's listening, um, it's good to get a visual of it. It'll make way more sense, but with the center of the board from the tip of the nose down to about the insert pack, uh, for the bindings is flat, like any other snowboard. And then the sides of the board are beveled up and, you know, depending on the board, there's like various degrees of how beveled it is. But the idea is that it's just not catchy. You know, I, th- I think one thing a lot of people tend to struggle it with is catching your edge, uh, mm-hmm. particularly on a positive camber snowboard. Yeah. So that's kind of their way of giving you the camber feel and eliminating the catchiness. And I think it works really well. And on jumps, you know, like if you pre-spin a little bit, you get a little bit of an extra safety net uh, on that. And it's super fun for butters and things like that as well. So I really enjoy it. And uh, I'm riding the Goliath this season from Battalion. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely check out those videos for sure. I'm, I'm super interested in and how that works and you know of course no one wants to catch an edge that's no that's never a fun time right <laughs> and we actually do have a question from one of our listeners and he was wondering if you could actually explain the differences and importance of having those different camber profiles like traditional flat rocker and hybrids yeah absolutely so i think you know the the camber profile is definitely one of the the defining things that kind of dominates the feel of a snowboard and Flat camber isn't as common as it used to be. I feel like it kind of was popular for a season or two, and now it's kind of faded out a little bit. There's definitely still a few boards out there that that run the flat camber, but mainly going to see full positive camber or rocker boards or some type of hybrid. So whenever I'm reviewing a board or looking at a board, I try to think like, is this board camber dominant or is it rocker dominant? You know, what's the the overall feel going to be like? So you know, rocker, uh, definitely has some benefits. Um, if you're new to snowboarding, it can make things a little bit easier. You know, it helps with turn initiation since the board's already kind of bent in the the arc of a turn, you just get the board on edge and it, it turns super easy. It's less catchy. I mean, you kind of have a swivel point on the middle of the board, which can help, you know, with, with maneuverability as well and trees and stuff. And also in powder, So uh, definitely a few benefits with the rocker, but they tend to have a more playful feel to them, like a little bit looser just because of that shape in comparison to positive camber, where when you're standing on the board, just simply by standing on it, you're uh, actively pressuring the contact points uh, into the snow, uh, which is like the widest point on the nose and tail where you get most of the control out of the snowboard. And 
it just has a way more precise feel to it. They tend to have, you know, more power in them. You can load up more tension, just more stability, more pop. And uh, I feel like as you progress in snowboarding, those are all things that uh, you tend to value, you know, whether you're into just bombing hills and going fast or, you know, you're hitting jumps or hitting the park. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of benefits for the camber as well. For sure. And to all our listeners, again, I'm sure if you want to check out some of his board reviews on his YouTube board archive, he'll touch on that subject a little bit more so you can have that in-depth knowledge while you're trying to pick out your next board. For sure. Oh, yeah. I just want to say too, TJ, like majority of my friends that have like questions about a board, I send them to your channel because you have probably the most in-depth about it. I appreciate that, man. Definitely. Uh, thank you for, for recommending the channel. And I just love the way that your style of filming goes with it all too. Do you have a primarily like a particular filmer that you always have, or do you change it depending on like if you're traveling or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Filming uh, can get tricky. You know, um, when I was living in Whistler, I was working real close with one of my good friends, uh, Kevin, who also has a, a YouTube channel, Snowboard Pro Camp. Um, some of the, the viewers may have heard of, and it just varies, you know, um, it's nice if you can work with the same person and kind of, uh, build that rapport with each other where you kind of know what, what the rider's going to do. And, um, you know, it's, there's not too much planning involved. Uh, whereas if you're filming with, you know, someone new or just like a friend or, uh, whoever happens to be down to, to ride and film for the day can get a little bit tricky, but, um, yeah, you know, I'm always down to collaborate with people and it's not always the same filmer this season. I've been working a lot with, uh, with one guy in particular. Um, he's been, it's been super helpful, uh, riding with him and having someone consistent to film with, but it definitely can vary depending on the situation. It's awesome. Yeah. Always gotta have people in your back pocket. You never know how the day's going to go or who can make it and who can't, you know? For sure. Yeah. Sometimes it can be uh, a little tricky, but uh, it'll, it usually works out yeah. or like you're just filming yourself sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Always. <laughs> on top of that, uh, I was curious, you know, we got to touch on the binding aspect. Do you, you know, I, I assume you do binding reviews as well. You mind touching on that a little bit for us? Yeah, for sure, man. So I, uh, I do dabble in some binding reviews. Um, I, I try to focus more on the boards, but you know, when I first started, I was running union bindings. Um, I was running their super pros and I reached out to them and I've built a pretty good relationship with union. They've been, uh, you know, helping me out over the last few years. So a big shout out to those guys. And uh, yeah, I've gotten to try quite a few different bindings over the years. And for me personally, I, I like an all mountain binding, just something I can put on any board, you know, it's going to be responsive. It's going to have some good support and uh, some good dampening as well. So uh, my personal favorite binding is the union Atlas. Um, I just think, you know, it, it hits all those points there and, you know, it's still tweakable in the park. Um, it's responsive for free riding or powder backcountry, whatever it may be. Um, so I really like those, even though they're technically an all mountain binding. But uh, yeah, I've, I've ridden the, the full spectrum and, you know, softer bindings and stiffer bindings can be fun as well, depending on the situation. But for one binding to do everything uh, for me, I really like the Atlas. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. You know, I 
haven't dabbled too much. I usually, what I, what I usually do is just find out the product that I like and solely stick with that, which, you know, works for me. That's a good strategy. Yeah. And you ride, you ride Rome, right, Nate? Yeah. 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 I'm i I'm part of the Rome, Rome team. I uh, was curious, have you ever uh, tested any of the Rome boards? You know, I did back, I think my first year doing reviews, just like one or two of their boards sure. and they've been surprisingly hard to get a hold of for me. Um, but I have been in touch with, uh, some of the marketing people on their team this year. So hoping to, to get on a bunch of their boards this season, they're doing some, uh, some pretty cool things on the line this year. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And of course, reach out if you ever need uh, help with that. Cause I'd love to see some reviews, some in-depth reviews from you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, we should definitely try to make that happen. No doubt. So do you do you focus on testing a specific type of freestyle board or do you cover different disciplines like, you know, powder board, all mountain, whatever it may be? Yeah, I try to cover it all, man. And, uh, you know, I think that it's fun to kind of mix things up. Uh, personally, I, you know, growing up on the East Coast, I feel like I'm kind of a park rat at heart. Uh, so I definitely enjoy, you know, riding different freestyle boards and getting to feel out, you know, all the different types of uh, that particular style of board uh, that's out there and just, you know, getting some park days in when conditions are good. But after moving to Colorado, I've started to really love riding in the trees and exploring, hiking, trying to get to like more alpine zones and just ride more kind of steeper technical terrain as well. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, depending on the board I'm on for the day, I try to cater the terrain to the type of board or like if I see a storm is coming in, you know, I try to maybe get some powder boards ready to test out um, when the snow's around. And yeah, you know, I never really had powder days growing up in North Carolina. So that's something that I, I always love uh, to take advantage of when the opportunity's there. And backcountry as well. I certainly understand that. I, I just got to ask, have you ever tested a race board? Um, so I have ridden a uh, Donek before, okay. um, very briefly out riding with a Ryan Napton, local legend here in Colorado. But not really. Um, you know, I've ridden a bunch of free ride boards that, you know, if you were just like an average, you know, rider, maybe that would be the board that you would, you know, take to a race. You know, I was on the snowboard team in college, so that's kind of what we did. Um, I never like bought a purpose specific race board, but I think it's interesting, you know, they, they're definitely a higher price point. Um, but it's cool because they're fully customizable. So, you know, once you get, if you get a little nerdy with the specs and you figure out what you like as far as like the width and uh, the amount of camber, the flex, uh, the side cut radius, all that kind of stuff, you can dial it in exactly how you want it, which is really cool. But that's not something I've spent a lot of time with. No, that's totally okay. Yeah, I, I've always had this dream of hopping into some hard boots and absolutely <laughs> cranking some turns, but I'm sure it'll come with time. Yeah, maybe I'll have to try some hard boots one of these days. <laughs> Yeah. And again, if the listeners haven't checked you out already, I definitely recommend them to do so. I think a lot of people that we've talked to about you in the community have a lot of respect for you and they, they do look up to you, but I'm, I'm actually kind of curious, is there anyone in the snowboarding industry that either you look up to or who inspires you either now or in the past? Oh man. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, um, that have influenced me over the years as far as like my personal uh, snowboard goals with my progression and like, you know, trying to pick 
style tips from like, you know, uh, whoever the rider may be, um, big shout out to everyone in the YouTube space. That's, you know, putting themselves out there and, uh, and crushing it on YouTube. Um, that's, that's definitely an inspiration to see, but I think probably the most consistent, like longest running influence, uh, is Haldor Helgeson, um, who founded lobster snowboards a while back. And, um, I'm actually older than him, which is kind of weird, but I've been following his career since he was like a kid. So, um, it's been really cool to see everything he's done and he's just such a talented, stylish, versatile rider. Uh, he's definitely been a huge inspiration. That's awesome. I think it's pretty cool to hear about, you know, who you look up to because a lot of people out there look up to you and yeah, man, lobster snowboards. <laughs> They're sick. I demoed one of those a while ago at a summer snowboarding camp and it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. So you've ridden 3BT then because the lobsters all have that as well. Yeah, I did once. I think I was maybe like 16 or something at the time, but it was a great board. <laughs> Awesome. And I definitely want to say thank you to everyone who's, you know, watched my content or who look, looks up to anything that I do. Um, you know, that really means a lot. I, I appreciate it so much. And uh, I never thought I would be in uh, the position that I'm in. You know, I've always kind of been a more introverted, like quiet person, you know, grew up in a really small town in North Carolina. So uh, yeah, I just feel super fortunate for everything that's happening. And uh, yeah, big thank you to everyone who's watched anything or supported me in any way well I can confidently say that you definitely deserve all the positive affirmations that have come your way and you know on top of your board archive success I also heard that you have a love of math and have a bachelor's degree in mathematics is that true that's right yeah so um ended up uh, getting my degree in mathematics uh, started off studying business and then um, a professor convinced me to take calculus and um and yeah I just realized I love math and uh, uh math is like pure math is great you know like learning how to manipulate numbers and you know how all that works but uh applied mathematics like uh physics in particular I thought was really interesting like being able to make real world predictions uh with numbers so yeah that was my original path I wanted to go into engineering obviously that's that's changed but yeah that was that was the original uh, I mean, cool. obviously you've brought it to like snowboarding though, like the way you break down the technology and everything. It's really, really awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, I try to, I try to be technical with it, but still, you know, make it like understandable and uh, relatable for everybody. Well, that's super cool and impressive. I've taken more math than I could have wanted during my computer science degree. And although there's a few that I liked like discrete and linear i i absolutely hated calculus yeah that was the worst for me so oh, man. calculus is my that. favorite it was so hard but props to you that you're able to get that degree and like jared said you're able to kind of combine those two passions and apply to snowboarding so that's really cool appreciate it yeah so you thought you've preferred linear algebra over calculus huh oh any day of the week i think discrete was definitely my favorite because it's all uh, logic based linear was a close second but yeah calc 2 and calc 3 they were the worst but you know I got through it and of course I uh, really enjoyed my physics classes as well like you said that was one of my minors so yeah it was good yeah I enjoyed it for sure it's um I feel like math you know you can look at it a few different ways but for me it was just like figuring out puzzles 
Um, you know, once you learn the rules and how to manipulate everything, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. What other kind of hobbies do you have? And do you do anything in the off season to kind of prepare for snowboarding? Just tell us a little bit about what else you like to do. For sure. Yeah. So in the summers, you know, I still try to spend a lot of time outside, you know, I really enjoy hiking, you know, still getting out in the Alpine, um, you know, finding some, some lakes or rivers, you can do cliff jumping and things like that. I I've always enjoyed that since I was a kid, I, I try to skate a little bit in the summer as well, but really I, I try to keep the snowboarding going as much as possible. You know, there, there are a lot of places where you can actually ride through the summer, uh, depending where you are. You know, I know we talked a little bit about like New Zealand and Chile earlier, um, which is awesome if you can do that, but that's definitely, you know, a little bit more of an intense, uh, trip to travel so far and everything. But, you know, North America, we've got Mount Hood that's open almost all summer. Uh, super fun out there. Copper here in Colorado has a little snow park as well in the summer. So uh, there's a few spots. Now we got the indoor place out in New Jersey. So uh, try to keep that going. But um, yeah, if I'm not able to snowboard, uh, yeah, just try to try to still spend time in the mountains. Um, I, I actually got into mountain biking over the last few years. So that's been fun, like some downhill mountain biking. Nice. That's pretty cool. I feel like a lot of people I know get into mountain biking at one point or another, but that's awesome that you really try to focus on snowboarding year round as much as you can. I'm hoping one year to be able to make that happen in New Zealand. That sounds like such an incredible experience. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful down there and the, the snowboarding is pretty sweet as well. Speaking of snowboarding year round, since you're doing it so often, I'm sure you've always had something that you're working on or something that you're trying to progress on. So do you have any particular goals for the season? For me, it's really jumping, you know, growing up on the East Coast, my local hill Apski Mountain was kind of like a big skate park. So I rode a lot of rails and, you know, they would build jumps like we'd have one big air jump once a year, there's like, they'd build like a massive, like 50, 60 foot jump that'd be up for like two weeks. So I never really got to put much time in, um, learning how to jump. So that's really my main focus right now. Just trying, you know, I'm, I'm 31 at the moment. So I feel like I, I don't know how many more years I can take some, some big slams. Um, so yeah, just trying to, to get those skills down while I can and, and have that, you know, for the future. I respect it. And hopefully you don't have too many big slams in your future, but I also know I'm trying to work on jumps this year too. So that's a personal goal for me. And again, I do want to mention that you were one of our first mountain vibes team writers that we even had before. I think Justin had officially come up with the name mountain vibes. I think it was still shred mountain mafia at the time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> And I want to say that we're really lucky to have you as part of the family and on this podcast. I know it definitely means a lot to Justin as well, since you were kind of there when it all started. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was it was really cool. You know, back back in those days, you know, that was a couple years, I think a year or two before I, I started Board Archive. And I was just, you know, posting my personal snowboarding and uh, found Justin's page and we just became friends and um you know, I think the page had like 7,000 followers or something at the time. And I had like yep. a few hundred. So I was like super stoked to get posted on the page and um, get connected with Justin. And 
yeah, it's been awesome to see, you know, the growth that you guys have had and, and the way the, the brand has evolved and expanded and everything that uh, Mountain Vibes is involved in right now. So uh, I'm really happy to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, it's cool to just have that friendship uh, so long over all these years. Definitely. And we've only been able to grow, you know, because of the amazing community that we're part of, you know, but you actually got to see Justin and some of the other Mountain Vibes family not too long ago for your birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they happened to be out in Colorado here, uh, that happened to be over my birthday. So yeah, that was great to see them. We had a nice dinner. We were hanging out and, uh, just riding copper. So yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that was still like, uh, pretty early in the season. My birthday is early December. So, um, we've had a bit of a slow start snow wise, but they had some parks going and, uh, yeah, it's great to see everyone and get together for sure. Yeah. That sounds like a great time. And you were also there for our very first ever good vibes and high fives give back event in Keystone. And we had partnered with SOS outreach. Yeah. Jarrett uh, has also been to all of our events from the beginning, and I know he just absolutely loves being part of it all. Oh, yeah. You know, they, the events are what we're all about, just trying to give back. So having you there for, like, the first ones and everything, you know, it was awesome. And just you've seen the change that it makes the children, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that was a, a really, really cool experience for me super meaningful to just see how that all unfolded and um you know that you guys are able to continue with that and that's kind of like a regular regular thing you know that's going on multiple events a season and yeah it was incredible you know i um i was working at evo in denver at the time and we so i was somewhat familiar with sos outreach um and then kind of seeing the collaboration that uh that you guys did with them you know, actually getting the kids out on snow and being able to do the one-on-one kind of mentorship kind of day. Uh, it was really, really rad. Um, you know, and it, I feel like, uh, for kids, especially, you know, kids that maybe don't have those types of opportunities, cause there are some fairly significant barriers to entry for snowboarding. Uh, I think it's, it's really cool to make that possible. And, you know, as a kid, there's not a whole lot of control that you have in your life. You know, like I feel like everything is kind of dictated by either your parents or school or your teachers or something. And so being able to have that outlet where um, you're kind of on your own and like, you know, there's there's really no rules in snowboarding. So you can kind of have that freedom and, and feel that for the first time. I know uh, for me as a kid, that was a huge deal. And I feel super fortunate for, uh, for my friends that took me snowboarding for the first time and uh, being able to help provide that for, for other kids was, was really cool. That's awesome. You know, like for all of us, you know, snowboarding has all changed our life in some way. So, you know, to give that back is, is a very good, rewarding feeling, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say that like your biggest highlighted memory from any of the giving back events have been? It was probably just the the one-on-one time with uh with the kid you know I've kind of viewed it as like just like a mentorship kind of role and like whether we were talking about snowboarding and and I got lucky the kid that um I was riding with he had been snowboarding a few times so he was super stoked and getting after it trying to hit side hits and like bomb hills and stuff like that so it was fun to ride with him and give him some pointers snowboarding but also trying to be available just for like anything they wanted to talk about you know whether it was 
you know, some, just whatever's going on in their life and just being able to kind of, uh, share my perspective. Uh, I think that was really meaningful and, you know, hopefully, hopefully it was, you know, valuable for the kid as well. I think it was. So that was probably my favorite part, just being able to share my perspective, you know, regardless of what they wanted to talk about. No, that's awesome. You know, it's everybody needs those type of outlets, regardless if it be a hobby or anything, or just somebody to talk to, you know, it really makes a difference in anybody's life, you know, absolutely. You, man. you never know how much of a true impact can really make for them. It's crazy. Yeah. Sometimes just the smallest thing can make a huge difference. So um, you never know, just got to be there. I hope you're able to see that our future events when it's safe again, and that you're able to come join us again. We definitely want to come back to Colorado and have you in some of the events with us. Are you going to make your way back and join us? Oh, 100%, man. Yeah, I, uh, I I would love to be a part of the events, you know, whether it's in Colorado or somewhere else, obviously, um, you know, that first one was at Keystone. So that's, you know, super easy for me to make it out there. And um, yeah, that's something I, I'd love to be a part of. And I'm, I'm super stoked to see that, you know, that's kind of one of the main focuses of what Mountain Vibes is doing in the snowboard community. So um, I think it's amazing and definitely plan to continue to be a part of it. Sweet. We would love to have you again, of course. I think that for the kids to be able to see you and be paired with you would be such a huge inspiration for them because of what you've done with Board Archive and snowboarding. And I'm sure they'd love to hear about all your traveling stories too. So I know they'd appreciate it. I'd love to do it. Yeah. Hopefully we can get back to that soon. Did you guys uh, watch any of the X Games events? I did. Yeah. There were some pretty crazy people that were thrown down. It was a really cool event to watch this year. Which one was your favorite? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, historically, I think the knuckle hook has always been my favorite event. I just really love seeing all the different creativity and style that comes out because there's not really one way to hit the knuckle, you know, and I think Marcus Cleveland is definitely one of my favorites, but I got to give it up to Dusty Hendrickson this year. He threw down and especially for the listeners who weren't able to watch it or don't know, um, this was his X Games debut. He's only 17 years old and he took the gold in that event as well as slope style too. So it was so much fun to watch. You should definitely check out some of the highlights on YouTube if you haven't already. And I also want to mention too, Jamie Anderson. Um, I'm pretty sure she was the first ever female to enter the knuckle hook. She did great, you know, and she didn't win this time, but I think it speaks volumes to the progression happening and women snowboarding. So that was really exciting for me to watch. She crushed it this year. Yeah. Two golds. It's insane. Oh yeah. She did great. Yeah. I think the knuckle hook is, is, you know, pretty entertaining to watch it kind of brings it back to the basics whereas you know big air slope style the progression is just so insane and you know you're limited i guess as far as knuckle up goes you can't really spin a 16 or 18 or quad whatever it may be so kind of it's kind of easier it's easier to watch oh yeah i guess well just the creativity aspect from it is amazing you know you have these guys that are just adding this butter in with a front flip with a tail press, like everything just so unique about it, you know, of just how they're creating just a unique and awesome looking trick. And just looks amazing. I just think so simple. It's sick to have like a style based event in such a, a large contest now. So yeah, it's super stoked to see that all those guys killed it. And I mean, it's also nuts to see that like we're up to quad cork 1800s on the big air now. Like I that know. is just mind blowing, like complete opposite ends of the spectrum, but both <laughs> really cool. So Nate, I know you, you like ride 
rail like i mean you're pretty solid you know all over on a snowboard it's always sick watching you ride but i know um i heard on the first episode you kind of gravitate more towards rail riding do you have like a favorite discipline or like event in the x games so uh to watch well to last watch, year yeah. um yeah you know coming from the east coast rails is certainly my strong suit you know as you as you mentioned didn't really have the opportunity to uh you know, hit jumps as regularly as I would have hoped. Um, but actually last year in the X Games, they did have uh, a rail jam event, which was really cool to watch. Um, and, you know, you know, of course, I kind of gravitate more towards kind of style based opposed to large spins and big air. Um, and yeah, I was hoping to uh, be a part of that event this season. But unfortunately, with all that's going on, they weren't able to hold that they kind of had to you know, only hold the select few important, um, events. Right. Right. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, hopefully things open up more next year, but yeah, it's always cool to see the more creative, like style-based stuff. I'm, I'm a fan of that as well. Totally. I feel like the, the possibilities are endless there and it's, it's always cool to see what the new riders are bringing to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, with that being said, like any event is, is always pleasing to watch you know, no matter what it is that they're throwing. I mean, I, I do enjoy slope style, big air. I mean, I could list them all, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch. Them. I feel like I've always liked slope style a lot. Cause it kind of mixes, uh, the two, but, um, yeah, I feel like years ago, the rails weren't like you, people didn't focus as much on the rail tricks for slope style. And it's been cool to see, uh, them step up the rail game in the, in that contest as well but yeah, hundred percent. I saw, um, you know, I unfortunately wasn't able to watch most of the events, uh, but I did see some highlights and I was actually pretty impressed with some of the snowboarding rail tricks, really technical, really sound. And those uh, rails are big, man. Yeah. It's great. Those, those are big rails. It's nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, TJ, you know, help, help me remind the listeners, uh, where can we find some of your reviews? Yeah. Thank you, man. So if you guys are looking to, to see what I have going on, check out my YouTube channel. Uh, it's just youtube.com slash board archive and on Instagram at board archive. Those are the two places I'm posting the most, uh, you know, more of the kind of like uh, curated content goes on YouTube and then more behind the scenes stuff and highlights on the Instagram. So yeah, would love to, uh, to share that with anyone who's interested. Perfect. Yeah. You've got some serious knowledge and I think it's going to be a lot of help for everyone who's out there looking for the right board. Um, you know, keep crushing out there. I'll be sure to stay up to date with all your travels and reviews. Just to reiterate, thank you again for coming onto our podcast. It was great having you and hearing about some of your experiences. Uh, if any of you listeners need some insight on which board to buy, now you know where to go. Thank you guys so much. I'm honored to be the first guest here on the podcast. Big shout out to you guys for, for hosting me. Thank you to all the listeners for joining us here today and uh, anyone who supported me along the way. Thank, thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. Totally. And, you know, a little heads up for all the listeners. Uh, we'll be interviewing more of Mountain Vibes team riders in the coming weeks. And we have some big names lined up for the future. We'll be airing new episodes on the first and the third Friday of every month. And if anyone has any questions, please DM us on Instagram at Mountain Vibes or send us an email 
at info at mountainvibes.com. Thank you again for joining in with Emily Jarrett, myself, alongside our guest, TJ Kern. That's all we have for today's show. Now mask up, watch some of TJ's videos, and go snowboarding. Thanks for listening. 